1: It's go time, baby. Happy weekend. Happy Boomer Server Saturday. Good morning, Mary. So, today we have an amazing show, and it is a special Saturday edition. Of morning gratitude with the mayor. And I know a lot of people are watching football right now, and it seems completely wrong on every level <laughs> for for football. For you're at the game watching me. I love this. You're at the game. Okay, share this video, Dryden, so you can enter to win. I know you're I know your wife will love the cosmetics. Um good to see you guys. Good morning, Cassandra. Great to see you. It is Saturday, and it it's morning gratitude with the mayor. Yesterday, we did not get 50 shares, but we got 2,000 views. That's amazing. God bless you guys. Thank you for that. But here's the deal. Good morning, Dr. Blaskow. Good to see you. Um, here's the deal. I need 50 shares for two of you to win bespoke extracts. We got an after a CBD sport product. Wait, that's the bacon product. The CBD sport product. Or after you work out. And we got this for your pets. It tastes like bacon and dogs. and love it. And then also, this other winner is going to be the Alexis Vogel Cosmetics. it's not This is just a book. It's a tutorial. It basically shows you how celebrity makeup artists do celebrities' makeup. It's one of the highest quality makeup lines I've ever seen in my life. You guys can win this. All you got to do is share. Good morning, Michelle. Good to see you. Karen, good to see you. Always so good to see you. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining. I have an amazing guest today. I'm going to bring her on right now um, because I've been blown away. I I watch Colleen on Facebook. I love what she's all about. She's one of the most powerful women I know, and she's just transforming people's lives. Um, I've also seen her interviewed, and it is a treat. So it is a real honor to have me on the show. I have her on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Colleen Kennedy to the show. Thank you, Mary. Good to see you. Hi. Hey, Sunshine. I am Sunshine today. How are you?
2: I am amazing. My heart is full of love, so I have no complaints. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm really good. After this, I'm going to go watch football at 9.30 in the morning, which seems completely unnatural and ungodly, but whatever. We're going to do it anyway. Um Yeah, but I'm great. It's beautiful outside today. You're in San Diego, too. Where in San Diego are you?
2: Um, So I'm in North PB, so I'm actually like three blocks from the beach right now.
1: Oh, so you're close to 710, then, where I usually go watch the football game. Yes. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Colleen, thank you so much for joining me on a Saturday, getting out of bed and looking so pretty. Thank you so much. Um, How, the first things first that we do on the show... We want to know what are you grateful for today?
2: Mm, such a beautiful question. I am grateful to be the embodiment of love, and to be able to wake up every morning and to feel that in every cell of my body, and to have the desire and the empowerment to be able to share that with the world.
1: That's awesome. That's better than anything I would have come up with. <laughs> Hold on, I'm I'm sending something out really quick. Okay, so. Yeah. So first of all, first and foremost, God bless you for your service. Thank you. Like, outside of, you know, transforming lives, you are actually, you are part of our United States Navy. Um, What do you do in the Navy?
2: So I am a religious program specialist. So my job is to basically be of service in the military. So I work with chaplains and we help people that are in need that need spiritual counseling or, you know, if they want to get married or you know, we set it for different religious ceremonies, and um, yeah, it's the best job the military has. That's for sure, in my opinion, my biased opinion.
1: <laughs> well, wait, okay. So explain that to me. So basically, what you're doing is you're 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 helping people from all different religions like find some common ground. Now, how? The, what a novel concept! <laughs> how, how does that work?
2: <laughs> I know. So we are kind of the connecting link to send people that are struggling. To in order to connect them to a chaplain that can really help them kind of take that further, and um, but me being you know the bright light that I am, I definitely take the opportunity to tell them how loved they are and right. to kind of help buffer them and get them prepared to do that really deep soul diving work.
1: I love that. I, we had this conversation yesterday on the show about religion, and I you know I have my faith, but I've always been open to other people's faith. Not necessarily that I'm going to practice that, but I really believe that our God, you know, teaches us and wants us to love everyone, not based on color of your skin, what you believe in. It's to love. I mean, that's the rule of life, right? Love. And so we were discussing that because it's so, we get so pitted against each other, whether it's racial or religion. Um, do, let me, what would, what would you say in your profession and doing that, what would you say has been the thing that has stood out the most for you? Like, what is, what it just kind of has either blown you away, surprised you about the process? Like, what one thing sticks out to you?
2: Oh, man, you said that, and I instantly had this memory. So about a, a year ago, um, it was really late, and I was at the chapel. Um, I work at a chapel that's located at the Naval Hospital. And so we have a lot of um, students and interns that will, you know, do their residency through the hospital. And there was one, um, he was a Lieutenant in the Air Force and he came into the chapel and I remember he had come in earlier that day during working hours and he had expressed that you know, he wanted to connect with a chaplain and, and really needed some guidance and right. so he helped to connect him to that. And we just had really good conversation and I think that um, I know that I left an impression on him And so it was really interesting because later on that night, it was probably 10 o'clock at night, and I was on duty, so I had to stay there 24 hours. And he comes knocking on the door, and he asked if he could play the piano. And I said, yeah, of course. And, you know, it's late, and there's nobody in the chapel. And he comes in, and he plays the piano. And it was just, I mean, the gift that he shared with me of being able to play that piano. And I was the only audience, but I had tears in my eyes because I could feel his love through his music. And that was how he expressed it. And the fact that he felt comfortable enough to come and find me and ask me if he could do that. You know, being being a lieutenant, being an officer, you know, I'm enlisted. So there's like that weird, you know, oh, officer and enlisted, you know, they don't talk. (laughs) And, um, you know, so for him to really break these barriers down and to feel safe enough to express himself through his music to only me was so powerful and deeply moving that I just, I cried and I just, I had to hug him and just hold him and just embrace the love that he embodied because I understood it.
1: You have, you have this natural ability to do that as (laughs) you, you have that effect on people. So what is, um, so it's equating what, you know, what you have, not a site, you have a career outside of the Navy. Um, where you're really changing people's lives. Do you care to go into that? Because it's very similar to what you were doing with that musician. Explain that to the audience.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I'm an empowerment coach. And and basically, you know, what that looks like is one of the... I've done a lot of, like, market research, if you will, for my entire life of having interactions with people where I found that the most basic issue that we have stems from a lack of self-love. So not really understanding who we are, when you think about it, we have two major questions that we constantly ask ourselves, or at some point, which is, you know, where did we come from? And what are we doing here? Like, why are we here? What is the point of our existence? And so I've known my soul's purpose ever since I was eight years old. That's the first time I really remember, you know, I remember being eight years old and, and listening to grown-ups around me having conversations. And I remember like thinking and saying to them, why are you doing this? Like, that doesn't serve you at eight years old. And people would ask me, they'd say, how do you have all this wisdom? And and how do you know these things? And I'm like, how do you not? You know, (laughs) to me, it was just common sense. And it was just this thing that I had inside of me. And I didn't understand why other people didn't understand. And they would be so blown away by what what I was sharing with them. And I'm like, this is like, to me, it was like basic math, right? Like it was like two-plus kind of stuff. And so what I have done is I've started to see that there's been a pattern through across the board. With, through men and women, of a lack of self-love and a lot of fear and not understanding what their soul's purpose is and not, and why they're here. And so what I really love doing, and this is what I've made my life's work, is to be of service to people by helping to facilitate and create a safe space for them to remember who they are and to have these realizations for themselves and to be you know, a facilitator, to be able to make them feel so loved that they know that they can be what in the fullest expression of themselves. And also to be able you know, I work with men and women because I think that um, we've had, we have a lot of women's groups. We have a lot of men's groups and that's fine. But I, I relate it to, you know, people talk about the, the masculine is running our country right now. And I agree with that. And so right now the women with the me too movement and all the things that are going on, the women are starting to rise. So now there's a shift in energy. So now the feminine is starting to rise which is fine, which is great. I love it. But what I see it as is that I liken it to a little boy and a little girl, like pointing fingers at each other and being like, you've been in charge for too long. Like it's my turn, you know? And so what I really like to do is bring men and women together because that's where the healing needs to be done, you know? And so it's like, we, we need to figure out how to get along. You know,
1: That is, that's so powerful because I mean, if you look at it the way I've always talked about, well, turn off the news, because the news is dividing us. Racially, our religion segue into what we started with on the show. But now, and I believe, I mean, I, I, I again share this a lot. The biggest influences in my life are female. Yeah. Like, that's my influence. My mom is my hero. Like, that's who I look up to. That's who I admire. My grandmother, the same way. Most When I think about the, the, the leaders and the um, the role models in my life, all women, it's just it's an odd thing, but with this now, where all of these men that they're, it's coming out that they're creeps, what's going to be funny is right now this is a divisive point. It could be, it could be a very divisive point with between men and women. Now everyone's separated. But the point is that um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh my god. Um, oh, I know. But now you're going to start seeing the little boy. And all of these big, powerful men that have acted tough and have been suppressive of women and tried to hold women down and have been, you know, sexually harassing them and degrading them. What you're about to find are all of these men, the little boy in them is about to be exposed because they're just little boys in the end. And that is going to that is a powerful shift because I think women have so much power and so much strength internally. Think about it. I mean, to me, you have to have you have a a baby the size of my head coming out of me, like that takes a great deal of strength and pain and endurance and perseverance and will. Would you want to screw with a woman that could do that? Do you know a single man that could push a baby out of his pee hole? So my point is that this is a time where women have an opportunity to seize power and it's beautiful. But what you're saying is let there be some caution to this and bring people together. And now let's start having an honest conversation and listening to each other. Is that what you're saying?
2: Most definitely, yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm all for people doing the individual work, right? And so if there's, especially when it comes to trauma, like any kind of sexual trauma, you know, I've been through a rape in the military by another military member. And I went through that whole, I had PTSD, I've had depression, I've had anxiety, you know, and I I've, I've felt all of these feelings. But the one thing that I didn't do was I didn't settle for that state of being. And I knew, I said, I know that there is reason, there's purpose for me having experienced being raped in the military. And I know that. And guess what? I, <laughs> my sex life is amazing. Like I have, I am the embodiment of my sexuality and, and getting to share that, you know, when I give consent, like that is huge for me and, and I love it. And it's so freeing to be able to really stand in my power and speak my truth. You know, and I think that what happens is, especially amongst men and women, we don't understand our sexual energy. We just know that we have it and we have to like expel it, right? We have to get rid of it. We have to, we have these thoughts, we get horny, we get hormones going, and we just have to jump on something. We have to put it out. So.
1: Jump on Here, <laughs> <Your laughs> megaphone, come here. You're gonna get it. <laughs> Sorry, had to. I have my uh, megaphone. I'm ready for the football game. Sorry about that.
2: No, but you're fine. That's great. But that's <clears throat> the thing is that learning, you know, the, our, our energy, I think women don't know how powerful they are. They really don't. A lot of them don't. Because, and it shows in what, how we show up in the world. You know, I know how powerful I am. I, yeah. know, I know the power of my pussy. And I know the power of my heart. And I know the power of my love. And I know the power of my purpose. And so what I'm here to do is to really help other people to understand that. And, you know, a lot of times people have um, these reservations about doing that, that soul work because it's very daunting to, for the thought of going into those uncomfortable places. And so what I really love doing is teaching people that there is a way to bring this very orgasmic love into those dark places, into that shadow work or, you know, the negative or whatever you want to label it as, you know, you can still be the embodiment of love. We're such extremists, right? So we're either happy or we're sad, we're black or we're white, we're rich or we're poor. And so at the thought of really processing dense emotions, like anger and sadness and fear and pain, most people want to avoid that because they think that if they do go into that place, they're going to be all consumed by the feeling itself. And so what I will do is to process those feelings essentially as a witness to themselves rather than putting themselves back into that place and allowing it to take over their body.
1: Wow. I'm going to give a shout out really quick. Uh, Karen, Dr. Glasgow, Cassandra, Dryden. Thank you guys so much for joining. Mary, Mr. Hogate, Stacy, good to see you. Michelle, great to see you. Thank you guys so much for joining. Remember we get 50 shares. Someone's going to win some amazing cosmetics. And CBD products. Um, so, Colleen, tell me. So, you were, you brought up PTSD, and I don't want to spend time. You when you when you said PTSD, that's something that like I've dealt with, and I do. I mean, deal with. How did you said you had it? How did you treat it? Because this is a major problem plaguing probably more people than they realize that we have some sort of trauma, some deep seated trauma, PTSD. How did
2: you, how did you heal it? So I, first I want to say, I agree with you. A lot of people have PTSD and there is a misconception that PTSD is reserved for war and for having things in that way. PTSD comes from any traumatic majority of us have experienced PTSD, any trauma, any trauma that you have had at all in your life. And we've all had traumas. And a lot of us have had traumas that have stemmed from our childhood. So those developmental years when we experience that trauma we more than likely we're as an adult acting out of the pain body of our inner child and of that little boy or that little girl most of us don't have the awareness that that's what we're doing but that's ptsd so it's like when we're put in that position of where we're thinking where all of a sudden our entire body our feelings like you know the physiologically in our body like maybe we'll begin to get like the hand sweats or like you know for me i turned really really red um so you know, There's a lot of things that people, I think they're not aware of what PTSD is, and they're not aware of the signs and the symptoms. And the biggest thing that helped me at the time when I was going through that entire that traumatic process was reaching out and getting support. So what I did was I joined support groups of other women that had experienced the same trauma, so other women that had been raped, and I started to see a psychiatrist. I started to see a psychologist. I went through the whole shebang, you know, that the military so graciously provided me this outlet to heal. And one of the things that I found is that the psychologist and the psychiatrist really helped me to feel safe enough to take a look at the trauma itself. Right. But for me, I understood that, I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. And I don't want to be struggling for the rest of my life. And so what happened was I made a decision and I made a declaration to myself because I moved from being a victim of rape to being a survivor. And then what happened was, and I would hear women, I still hear women and men talk about this, like I'm a survivor of my trauma. And I look at them and I say, do you want to just survive? Like that sounds pretty tough to me. And so what we do is I, I moved from being a survivor to now I'm a thriver. And I was like, that's the place that I want to be in. So we take it further, right? We're always, I'm always trying to find ways that I can evolve myself and really dive into this human condition. Because right. the, the problem is, is that when, when it comes to PTSD, you know, when you see one, when you're exposed to a lion, all of a sudden you see lions everywhere. You know, and so, and that's attributed to parts of the brain. And like, it's very, you know, it's, it's science-based stuff really. And, and we have explanation for it. Now, in order to heal from it, what I have found is that the work really was done within the work was done within. And I needed that support system around me for majority of it to really help me feel comfortable enough to process those things. But I also really loved processing it on my own. And what I mean by that is I loved being able to sit in my own meditation, literally sitting in, not not literally, but figuratively sitting in my shit and creating a safe, a a safe space for myself. Because that's the biggest thing that I've learned is that I am the only one that I have. I have supportive friends, like, you know, all this, this, that, the other, but I am the one, I am the co-creator of my life and I have power and there is greatness within me. And if there is something that I'm struggling with, then yes, I encourage people to reach out, and I did, I reached out and I got that help. But the majority of the work, they didn't fix me. They didn't heal me. I did that work. That, so I have to commend you.
1: So I was, I was molested when I was young, and, but I didn't know to get help. And a lot of what I do now, and when I, from stage and in my blogs and then sharing on this in the show is to encourage, like, one, it's never too late to get help. So that goes whether you're in a bad place and you're the one doing bad things um, or you're somebody that's been a victim and you've had something happen to you. Like, you, it's never too late to get help, but really, the sooner you do it, the better. And I have to commend you on going through such a painful process. I don't know the timeline. But I would imagine that it was pretty fast. Um, I have to commend you for knowing to go get help and work through it. Because instead of being a broken vessel, you are literally, I mean, your power radiates through a screen. I mean, just watching your Facebook, reading your blog, seeing the content that you create, you're the real deal. Like you are a whole person radiating out of every orifice of your body. in in a very powerful way. It's like almost angelic in a way that going from what happened to that is so profound to me because I know that I'm not even all the way there yet. I work my butt off at it every day, but I waited so long to do it. Right. So I just commend you on that. And like, I'm almost envious because I would love to heal those, there's still the little boy there sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I really want to heal that. So I just, it it, it inspires me to to see someone like yourself that has done that because it it should give a lot of us hope that have dealt with that. It's not really a question, but
2: I know. know, Um, Thank you. And I, 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 I'm really receiving that out of love. And I'm getting, like, teary-eyed because this is, yes, I am, I have power, and it radiates from me. And it is very angelic and very, very light and loving. And what I'm here to do is, like, is to share that with people and to let them know that they can do that, too. And so I get, like, so moved and so touched because I'm, like... This is, this is the way that I think that the true state of our soul is, is this power and this beauty and this radiation of love and light. And so it really moves me to hear, because when people say this to me, I, when you're saying these things to me, that's like, I'm envisioning you in that same way. Like that is how I see you. And I don't know how to see people in any other way. People that want to come at me with like, oh, but there's evil in the world and there's darkness. And I'm like, yes, I'm not naive to that. (laughs) But I firmly, I firmly believe, like, I'm not that hippie, you know, like, but I firmly do believe that my purpose here and that the true state of our soul is so pure and is so loving and it's the human condition It is what we have invested our beings into that creates the struggles that we fulfill in this lifetime, but it doesn't have to be that way. And it's like, when I talk about love, I talk about, like, if I could, if I could share, I wish that I could, sh- like, show you, I don't know how to, sometimes I have a hard time putting it into words, because the love that I embody, the love that I know comes from my soul and from my place of creation, wherever that is, is so expansive, and it is so transcendental, Beyond anything that we know, beyond a mother's love for their child, beyond a a romantic love and, you know, the bullshit love that we see in the movies and in Hollywood. Like, this is a love that exceeds, that is so limitless and so formless that it is an opportunity, it is an honor that it has chosen to become the form of me. But the reality of this love that I feel does not take any... There's no limit to it. There's no boundary. There are no guidelines and no rules. It yeah. just exists.
1: It is. There's a lot of people. I mean, there's just a lot of broken people in the world in general. And I don't think that that is because hurt people hurt people. And there's a lot of, there's just a lot of brokenness, but there's, and there's people that are desperate to find just a hint of peace, a hint of joy what is something in your opinion that the people out there can do? Like the one thing that they could do that can, and can give them that little piece of hope or inspiration to go on. Like what, what is an exercise that they can do? Um, what, what suggestions do you have? Like just something that's just grasping onto something, anything.
2: So a lot of times what I find <clears throat> through my, my own, my own soul work and, and through, you know, like client soul work and and what I've seen is that we, I always start any session and I start any meditation with being kind to myself. And so when we suffer, when we have the experience of suffering, you know, having the experience of suffering and then taking out, taking it out on ourselves are two different things. And unfortunately, people have this misconception that if I'm suffering, then that means that I have to suffer. So meaning, if I'm feeling the feelings of suffering, then I have to do something, some action to align with that suffering, you know, like compounding that. So one of the things that an exercise that I love to do is to say, you know, is it's kind of like a mantra and it's very simple and it goes, um, I'm having a moment of suffering.
1: I'm having a moment of suffering.
2: Suffering is a part of life. May I be kind to myself.
1: May I be kind to myself.
2: And it's just saying that over and over again. And really being able to tap into that place within myself. Because we're not, I'm not immune to any feelings. It's so funny because people ask me, they're like, do you ever get angry? And I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs>
2: my anger takes a different form maybe than other people's.
1: Right.
2: Like, I'm not immune. I am i feel anger. I feel pain. You know, even though I love with an open heart, I still feel jealous, but I don't, I don't attach myself to those states of being. Yeah. Process it. I move through it. And I bring love into it. Huh. So when did you first have this
1: calling? Because, I mean, you're doing really what you're doing. You're doing the same work in the Navy that you're doing out in the civilian world. But when did you know? When did you... When did you first envision that this is going to be doing, this is what you were going to be doing with your life? Because, I mean, you're truly living your purpose.
2: The first time that I can remember is four years old.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. can, you, can you tell me what that was like? Yeah. Um, I love I, it makes me
2: happy. <laughs> it was very cool. I remember um, I, I've always had this feeling that I wasn't from here. And, you know, and I, I had this feeling, I was like, I don't know. And, and I grew up in South Carolina. So I grew up on the East Coast and in a, in a very, like, the, the Bible belt and, and very a lot of structure, a lot of compliance within society. And I just couldn't get with the program. And I remembered at four years old, I was laying in bed, I'll never forget, and my mom was tucking me in and she looks at me and she, was, and she goes, where did you come from? And I just looked up and I said, the stars. And that was like, that felt like home. And, and I have known that ever since I came into this world and coming in with, you know, this love and this knowledge, like I knew, I knew that even after all the pain that I had experienced, like I knew that this was, there was purpose for me to be here. And I knew that the the world needed me. They needed that healing. They needed this love that comes in the form of this vessel. And I'm here to bring that through. And I, I have like, I relate it to a box of information in my heart and I get to tap into that box and and send that message out to people and out into the world and to do that. And I've done that ever since. People ask me like, how long have you been helping people? And I'm like, since I was in the womb. (laughs) I'm like, I really have. And, And my grandparents raised me and I'm so grateful for that because they really, they loved me so deeply and so divinely, and they allowed me, they knew, they knew the love that I embodied and they nurtured that. And they let me be a free being. And they taught me that the body is beautiful. I used to take naked nature walks with my grandparents.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
2: We would walk in the woods, we had seven dogs. And I would be naked. They would be naked, and we would just walk through the woods. And 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 they taught me that like this is this is a part of nature, and to honor and respect the body, and it's a beautiful thing. And it doesn't have to be sexualized at all times, just because it's naked. And so, oh, that's
1: true.
2: yeah. So I've I've had, you know, the one thing that I would say, I had a I had struggles growing up because. I didn't agree with what people were doing in the South and I didn't agree. You know, I would tap in, I would go to church and I would, you know, go do the country twang thing. (laughs) It never really sat well with me. Yeah. And, um, today, uh, I cannot tell you the freedom that I feel to stand in my power and to share my love with the world and not worry about how it's going to be received because the point of it is, is not when somebody doesn't, when I tell someone that I love them and they freak out and they run away from me, <laughs> it's not that there's anything wrong with me, even though I used to think that it's that they're not ready to receive my love. They're not ready for what it is that I'm giving. And that's not a good or a bad thing. It just is what it is. And then yeah. mo-
1: sorry,
2: Um, the most powerful thing that I have found is to be able to stand in that love to like stand on the fucking mountaintop and like arms wide open and just shout and proclaim my love for everyone and everything and not worry about how it's going to be received. That doesn't even cross my mind because it's not about that. It is about. Wow.
1: That's power. That's power. That's and and it's freedom. Oh my! I first of all, anytime I get to hear anybody talk about their vision for their life and they remember it, they recall it. I ask people all the time the same question I ask you. You can tell when someone really doesn't know their purpose because when someone gets to talk about their purpose, like even me thinking about mine, it it. Just makes like laser beams fly out of your butt, like with joy. I mean, it's just like, ah! I mean, it, it's amazing because you remember because it, it never leaves you. And the thing, like every time I hit rock bottom when I was first molested, when like every pit of trauma and then the self inflicted trauma that would have me down, I would get this vision. That, like what I was supposed to be doing with my life, but I had been choosing to walk against God's purpose for my life, and and I, and so I was never getting what this was. I was going so far away from it. But I mean, when I first, like, it was that kind of glimpse of hope, and it was the thing that kept me going when everything seemed so unlikely and improbable, and it seemed like it was going to be a failure, and I was going to be dead, I was going to be all of this stuff. That glimpse of, of my path, the same one I had from seven years old on, was what always pulled me through. It got me off the mat every time. And it's so powerful to, again, talk about radiating, like right when you started talking about it, like it just pulled my heart out of my chest because it's the most powerful thing in the world to be around another person who's living their purpose. And it's beautiful, it's inspiring. And, and guys, everyone that's listening, Mr. Hogate, Mary, Michelle, Heather, Mary, Renette, all of you, Stacy, all of you listening, if you're if you're the joy that I talk about that I have is the same joy she had on her face when she talked about her purpose. That's why it's worth stepping into fear, going where it's scary, because if that's that on the other side of it is your true joy, your true peace and. And what life is all about? Because her face is what life is all about. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? Your face when you were radiating joy. So it's amazing. So thank you for that. So let me ask, okay, what man, we've talked about so much stuff, and I and I, I want to go one direction, but what is what's what's next for you? Like after you get out of the military and you, you know, you go full-time in your career, what is your What's your Mount Rushmore? Like, where? What's your biggest goal and ambition? Where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself being?
2: Standing on the stage in thousands of places all over the world, sharing my love and my light with the world. Being able to take these messages that I'm sharing one-on-one in small groups, through group coaching, one-on-one coaching, being able to take this and taking that to the next level. Because I'm here, I was never, I was not meant, I was not put here to play small. I wasn't put here to do the nine to five. And I don't believe many of us were. Go
1: ahead, go ahead.
2: I firmly believe that, like, when people ask me, they say, well, who is your audience? And I say, the world. I want to be able to take these messages and to relay it to people in a way that Anybody can understand from two years old to 99 years old or however old people are. Like I want everyone because I am not, I'm not here for just a particular type of people. And I think a lot of, I find a lot of coaches are like that and they're like, well, this is my niche, right? this is the area in which I work. And I only work with men and I only work with women. And I'm like, but then you're doing, I feel like I would be doing myself a disservice. Yeah. The healing of humanity. Like this is for everyone. Everyone, nobody is excluded. This is an all-inclusive program.
1: (laughs) You're right. And it would be an injustice because there's going to be men that are going to be extremely comfortable opening up to you more so than a man. Um, I, like, oh, my God. You, I really, um, being on stage and, and the message that you're sharing is so crucial, and it's not a niche item. It's not because purpose is for everybody, first of all. And so if you haven't discovered your purpose, there's a need for you. But also if you're someone that does know their purpose, they need your, your help because everybody living their purpose goes has moments where like, what am I doing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is getting crazy. This is getting hard. What's going on? Everything seems against me. So those people need your service as well. Dacia wants to know your website. I'm so sorry about interrupting you. Um, what, what is your website?
2: So it is Colliebird Effect. So K-A-L-I
1: K-A-L-I
2: Bird, B-I-R-D Effect with an E dot com.
1: Okay. There you go. Is that right?
2: That's it. Yep.
1: Where the heck did you come up with that website name?
2: So Kali Bird is what my mom calls me and it means joyous, never ending songbird, and Collie, you know, is the is the goddess and, and very very powerful. And so um, I, I sing opera and so that what? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I sing wow. opera. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What so Will
1: you sing? Are you warmed up?
2: <laughs> I would, but I think my roommate is still sleeping, so I don't want to wake yeah. him up. <laughs> i know right that's a that's a pretty good way to wake up though um i think so but yeah i did it i got to sing you know at carnegie hall and with the, for the congressional lives i majored in it in college and vocal performance and um that is my true that is my true joy that is where i feel god the most that is like the, through the sound because we have this language we have multiple languages right in this world right. and Feel like the embodiment of my love cannot be defined by any words. And so when I'm standing on stage and I am singing and I'm able to to there's a different energy, a tonal, you know, being able to like to pass this through my being to other people. I mean, it literally brings people to tears, which brings me to tears because then I feel like they understand. Like through my voice, they understand. They can feel it and they can connect to it and they can heal from it. And that is why So uh, ideally what I would love to do, and I'm still playing around with what this looks like, traveling the world, being on stage, singing and speaking. So telling a story through, you know, having these moments of singing and sharing like the emotional aspect of it. And then speaking about that message, speaking about what it does. And so that would be just, you know, I mean, I, I love acting. My family called me Miss Hollywood growing up. And acting and being being performed like I always joke with people. i like, but I'm not really joking. I'm an attention whore and I love it and I own it because I know, I know what I can do for people. I know it. I just know it. I can feel it. And
1: I, would will admit, I'm an attention whore too. I've always been since I was a kid.
2: Yeah, great. I- but, but these are the these are. <laughs> and so it's like when you own that, you can become a leader and a facilitator. And you are the beacon of light. Now, when we think of an attention whore, we think of somebody who is very egotistical and self-serving, but it doesn't have to be that. You know, right. because a lot of people have a hard time being in crowds. They don't want to be seen. They don't want anybody to look at them, and they get nervous just public speaking. And me, I'm like, let's do this. You know, and I'm like, yes, an opportunity for me to shine that light into the world. You know, this is a grand opportunity for people to be able to understand. How deeply and divinely loved that they are. And I take I take that opportunity every chance that I get. Are you
1: going are you going to Cervex in December? To what? Cervex? It's in San Diego. Oh, I'll send you the information. You should go. It's a okay. great speaker's event. Um, I'll connect you with Manny too. I, will, I you need to be on as many stages as possible. Yeah. Um, so what's like What's next for you? What's up next?
2: So what is next for me? So I actually get out of the military at the end of this month. And, oh, my God. Wow. And I um, am going to be starting the University of San Diego to finish my degree and in psychology or to continue my degree in psychology, I should say. Sure. So I'm going to be going to USC at the end of January. So in between that time, I'm going to go home and visit family. And, um, my, and, and the group program is launching January 9th. Um, the Orgasmic Love Program. So, you know, just really like fine tuning and 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 spending this time while I ha- while I have it, spending this time with myself and and really getting more clarity every day. I just I get more bits of information that come from that box in my heart, that place in my heart, and then I'm shown, you know, like this is what the world needs because we are an evolutionary species, and so to settle for complacency and stagnancy is not an option for me. And I don't think it's, I I encourage other people to not let it be an option for them. So always finding ways that we can evolve ourselves, always finding ways that we can continue on this journey because we act as if there's an end goal and there's no end goal. The goal is to just be and to feel the most free and loving that we can in simply being. We work for retirement and we work for, you know, we spend most of our time in an office doing a nine to five, a lot of us. And I'm like, oh, why would you think that your entire life's purpose is to sit in a building, you know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So what's next for me is really fine tuning my messages and continuing to share them with the world in every which way that I can. And I have a really, I'm very good at being able to tune into someone else's energy and meet them where they're at. I won't let them stay where they're at, but <laughs> I will meet them where they're at and I will take their hand. And I will walk them forward with support and with love. And that is what people really, really desire. Because we all have that basic desire to love and be loved. Very simple.
1: Um, Michelle wants to know, how do you ultimately get to a place where you can heal yourself from your trauma and to use your experiences to help heal others?
2: Stop attaching yourself to your trauma. That's the first step.
1: Stop attaching yourself to your trauma.
2: So a lot of times when when we experience traumatic events, we put our, we attach our entire being to that experience. So like for, for me for instance, I was raised I had a, a bipolar mother, right And so one of the things that I, I struggled with, I had a lot of trauma that I experienced personally through that in my childhood. And it's fascinating because I didn't realize that I was attaching myself. My identity had become being the, the daughter of a bipolar mother. And so that trauma, I wasn't able to work through because so, I so... It was like ingrained in me. I attached myself so deeply to being the trauma, to being the daughter of a bipolar mother. And then when I, when I finally detached myself from that, then I was able to really, really process that trauma. Because what happens is when we attach ourselves to something then we put like these, these restraints on it. And then there's no clarity around it because we're so immersed in the trauma. And so one of the things that really helps is when we detach from it. So when we become a witness to ourselves, that is the, the perfect place to be in to really process trauma, is becoming a witness. And that doesn't mean that we avoid the trauma or dealing with it, but it means that we don't attach ourselves to it and allow it to overtake us we have a, a really beautiful relationship and balance between who we are and what that trauma is. Cause the trauma is not you. You have the experience of the trauma, but the trauma is not your identity, but we merge that so often. And when we do that, then we don't have clarity. We can't, everything is so muddled that we can't even go into those places because it's like, well, I don't, the thought of losing part of our identity in the trauma scares the shit out of people because then that means they think that there's something. If we remove the trauma, if I don't attach myself to it, if it's not who I am, then who am I? Then there's a hole. Right. And I also tell people that when we remove that, it's not a hole. It's an opportunity. That's right. It's an opportunity for more love. It's a, it's a, it's an opportunity for you to, to, to really remember who you are. It doesn't have to be this, like, this hole and this void, but we often think of it as that, and we think that if it is gone, then I'm gone too, so I need to keep these trauma, I need to attach my identity to this trauma, because it keeps me safe, but really it just keeps you sick.
1: <laughs> That's, that, that is 100% true, oh my gosh, that is, and there's, and it's also too there, to add to her question, she was like, to use the experiences to heal others. Well, that's kind of part of it. Like, your purpose is somewhere in between the thing that brings you the most joy and the thing that pisses you off the most. Your purpose is in there. So, you get to that point, and you don't even have to be whole yet. You don't have to be healed yet to start living your purpose. Because as you do it, you'll start to discover more and more things that you need to fix for yourself. But your purpose is about other people. It's not about you. You could use your purpose, you could use your purpose and your gifts for yourself, but then that's how you get Hitler. And Stalin and people like that, you you get it's but when you but you're here to use your gifts for other people. And what and you, you will find by giving away your gift and giving it away, it will fill your heart up more and more and more. And then you start beaming light, like my friend Colleen here. Um, Colleen, you're amazing. Um, thank you on a Saturday. Thank you for coming on the show. I, I really, really appreciate you. Um, is there any last words that you want to have for the audience?
2: Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, there's so many words, but if I could sum it up really quick, I would say that, you know, you have power within you and you are so deeply and divinely loved and there is nothing that you have to go through in this world alone and that the purpose that you have does not have to be defined by someone else and it doesn't have to be defined by society and that you already have all the information, every answer to any question you've ever had is already within you. And all you have to do is to tap in and go into that place and remember because that's all that's happened is we are unique and that we are not unique and that we have forgotten. And we're here to help each other remember.
1: That's so amazing. You are, um, you're a blessing. I'm so happy to know you. Uh, thank you. I- I'd love to have you back again, for yeah. sure.
2: Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. So, so, right. so.
1: Well, God bless, and I'll see you soon. Have a fantastic weekend, okay?
2: You too, sunshine.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro colored bark mulch from the Home Depot. Now three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro colored bark mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store.